are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I know I've been gone for a while. It's Kate and you found the Rebirth Podcast. I am, um, it's June 22nd, 2020, and you don't need me to tell you that there are a lot of things going on in the world right now. There is, um, there is dismantling, there is rebirthing, there is confusion, there is clarity, there's pain, there's fear. Um, yeah, I, I really think on, on, that, on the Crayola color box of emotions, we pretty much have everything covered for 2020. And, and I am not here to rehash that for you. Um, I am here because with all that was going on, and I'm not referring to one thing, I just literally mean collectively, personally in my life with everything, it was not the right time to just hit play and record. One of my commitments in creating this podcast is that I only want to put it out. I mean, there is a great thing to say about scheduling things, and that's really actually necessary to keep to um, your commitments. But let's just say 2020 has all of us reconfiguring things a little bit. And um, one of my rules was for myself is that I only wanted to create content here, not to feed the content monster that is our social media, but that if I felt like I had something to say that was really significant for me that I thought might serve others, because guess what, humans are similarly inspired. And um, anyway, that's why I'm here. I'm gonna read a quote to you that I found. I like to drop names, meaning I like to tell you guys of other people that I read or learn about that I think are doing good things or offering really fantastic ideas. And so through Barry Tesler, who wrote the book, The Art of Money, which I thought was fantastic, um, she references Fabeku Fat, to Nice, and I know I'm saying his last name wrong, but Fabeku gives this quote that stopped me in my tracks. I had to rewind the podcast I was listening to, and then I went and found his website because I was like, this is, yeah, okay, so here's, here's the quote. Our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity. Our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity. So, Fabeku, fabeku.com is his website, F-A-B-E-K-U.com, gave us this invitation, and um, that's really what it's been for me. It's been an, an invitation because You know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about knowing your place and knowing what phase you're in. And when you know what phase you're in, then you know um, if it's realistic, your expectations. And that's really helpful for for learning about a project or being honest with yourself in a relationship or, you know, whatever, all those kind of stuff. But once you start getting into phrases like our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity, that jam is starting to go into the caverns of our subconscious. And that is the jam, my friends. That is where change happens. I was writing, because so what I do do is I write um, a newsletter. It's really more like a love letter. I don't know, I've always been a writer, so my newsletters tend to have a little bit of effort. Um, not just promo, more like crafted contemplations. And people people tend to like them, so you might want to hop into that. That's definitely more consistent. <laughs> and my favorite, one of my favorite formats. Anyway, um, 
I was talking about how I was journaling recently and that's been a practice I've had my whole life and and in cleaning out um, for the summer solstice which I think is just a natural time when summer comes you're like you know you're eating more salads you're wanting to feel lighter you're cleaning out the closets you know I'm looking at my journals and I'm noticing that in my journals there are some really big concepts that I've been working on for five years now in truth I've been working on them longer but literally I was reading a journal from 2015 and so we can say with with authenticity and integrity for five years and you can see me working these concepts over and over again some of them are financial goals some of them are um, business goals which for me are more about service and identity and fulfilling commitments you know or creative goals and these ideas that I'm like hashing over and over again And I'm realizing like, oh, right. These things take time. These things take time. And sometimes the time that it takes is just you peeling away and away and away until you're comfortable starting to get down to the real jam of your core beliefs and your limits, your self-imposed or or inadvertently collected from the collective from the overculture from your family from all of these places that you've piecemealed together this identity and it's really why it's um so diabolical this this quote our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity I'm going to say one thing of the obvious. We are in a necessary and painful contemplation during the during Black Lives Matter. And let me say my whole sentence, okay? For me, what I'm hoping is that in this articulation of a great pain of a culture, that we do not lose the moment of delving into the depths of what that means. Not skimming the surface of pain, which is necessary. I'm not saying anyone needs to silence, but what I'm saying is to make change, we need to sit with the pain, voice the pain, have our pain witness, and then we need the support to integrate trauma whether it is personal or ancestral. Have it heard, have it held so that it may be, I'm gonna say alchemized because I'm not really sure. Well, that's interesting. Everything just fell off the table. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna edit that out. I'm gonna say that alchemized would be my invitation for America right now that we Take a, take a beat and not look for a quick fix and not try to satiate our uncomfortability or our pain um, and, and do our best work for engaging in a new narrative. And we all know, we all know that in our own lives, when we try to make a small change, the first thing that shows up is a resistance, even if it's a change that you wanted. So when you're talking about collective ancestral trauma, my prayer is that this is a true invitation for the 
decolonization of minds. And I'll leave I'll leave that there for I am yeah for, for I'm not sure I'm the, the spokesperson for that, but I know that it is um, I know that it is a true statement for me. And I know from my other work that navigating the corridors of your own subconscious and unconscious experiences, thoughts, and preferences is is dicey terrain. Meaning, it's like one of those movies where you're not really sure if you can trust the narrator. You're not really sure if the voice that you're telling or your reactions you're having are ones that you have created for yourself or that have been handed down to you or have been kind of ushered into your frontal cortex from the media. Like, you're just not sure. I knew I was going places in this in this podcast. This isn't where I thought I was going. This relates to cultural change as much, much as it relates to whatever you first thought of when I read that quote, our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity. What we believe, many of us are different, we're not all, we're not all living the same life, that's just not true, it's just not true. So I'm not being flippant about that, but our mindset is necessary to traverse any valley that we may find ourselves in. And this kind of feels like a trait transfer and top over, but I was talking about journaling (laughs) and how if you've ever done like subconscious journaling or journaling where you just start writing, there was once this meditation exercise, which I found really fascinating, where you like set the timer for five minutes and you talk gibberish. You don't use real words, you just talk. And I thought it was ridiculous. I was what I called a, a sophomore in spirituality, meaning I had just found out all these concepts and I thought everything was fantastic. So I was trying, trying everything. And, um, I think it was an Osho meditation. I don't know if you guys watched the Netflix on that one. I don't know if I really want to promote you promoting his work, but um, in the meditation, you're supposed to talk gibberish for five minutes. And I thought it was ridiculous, but I did it because I'm a type A personality and I decided I wanted to do it. And then what I found fascinating is even though I was talking gibberish, somewhere around minute two or three, I definitely was voicing my opinions and my emotions were coming out. And I thought, oh, this works. And it works because it's gibberish. It works because I can say how I feel and I don't have to worry about, oh, that's going to work or not going to work, or I can think like that or I can talk like that. And I mean, that that exercise, I can remember where I was living. I was living in Conchalk in Pennsylvania for any, of those, for any of you that are from the East Coast area or the Philadelphia area. But I can't remember. I mean, that was 2004, maybe. I can't remember what was up on my top of my mind then, but I can remember my reaction to my my mind unleashing and I've been fascinated with that and I think the more you become comfortable just like any friend that you have like a really close friend you might be like they might ask you a question and you're like no 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 and then all of a sudden you're sitting there longer and you tell them something you're like why did I tell you that in a good way like the safety of their presence um allowed you to release something that's sort of my um very topical meaning surface layer discussion of the subconscious so 
in the journaling, you know, you can journal, <clears throat> you can vent, you can do a gratitude journal, which I think is great. But I was also talking about sometimes just writing down things, just writing stream of conscious, just writing what what's, wants to come out. And if you make it a practice, you might be deeply surprised that what comes out is a clarity point. It might not make sense. That is why I'm talking about the journal from five years ago is because I very clearly knew what was truly bothering me. I very clearly knew you know, maybe I was like, how am I going to improve my business this way? But like my subconscious was like, hey, you're actually afraid or hey, you know, you don't think you're worth it. You know, like that kind of like, of course, it didn't come out that obvious. I can only see that in the languaging after I've traversed those places in myself. But I was completely fascinated by this concept because that meant that part of me always knew. Even when I was pretending that I didn't know, part of me always knew. Part of us always knows the part that wants to bring us back to balance, but we don't often listen. Very human of us. But the safer we feel, which is why 2020 is a little tricky. (laughs) Thanks, quarantine. (laughs) The safer we feel, the more comfortable we feel with ourselves, the easier it is to access the depths. And that safety can just be found in a meditation practice in a place that you can find silence, in a way that you may feel comfortable returning to your own center. Side note, there's a meditation for that. You can scroll through on the rebirth listing. Um, That sounds like a promo, but that actually feels like the biggest offering that I can do right now is to help people walk back to center because our external right now is untenable and, and confusing in a time when we need clarity and compassion and people being courageous and standing up for what's right and nourishing our interconnectedness and our love for each other like for real which is problematic if you think that there can only be one winner our sense of possibility is directly connected to our sense of identity what we believe we can achieve what you can imagine you can manifest it could take 20 years this is not some like easy invitation but it could be a much more engaging journey towards the reason you came here in the first place. That's why the concept of center is so intriguing to me. That idea of returning to a place inside of yourself that always knows, or at least a stillness that offers a comfort in a world that is increasingly interested in keeping us off-center. And that stillness is inclusive, it's nourishing, it's inspiring, and it always tends to lead us home. Remember, your sense of possibility is directly connected to your sense of identity. And we need you shining. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.
Hi, I want to let you know that Sit in Your Center is going live July 20th, 2020. It'll be a four week, one cycle of the moon um, journey together. There will be a limited space for 13 women. We will spend time grounding, releasing. We all have a little bit too much right now on our plates, listening and stepping into some some realizing all doing this through mindfulness practices through community together for remembering and reclaiming our sovereign autonomy as females and returning to center this is a time more than ever that we need compassionate and courageous women standing and showing us the way If you're in, send me a direct message. We would love to have you. Registration opens on July 6th. Go to katebratton.com. I'll see you soon.